This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Joel. Welcome back, Joel. Oh, always happy to be back. Yeah, on our 300th episode of the Elseworlds Hot Exchange. Hot damn. I know, 300 episodes? Wait, no, I think it's 200 episodes. Right, yeah. we, 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 there was some debate about the number, but either the way, math. it's the 200th episode of the still Elseworlds pretty Exchange. Good. Still which, not bad. <laughs> which which anniversary is that? Is that silverware? What do people have to buy us? Right, I don't know. There's some like I don't know. I actually I'm actually married, and I have no idea what any of the anniversaries <laughs> mean. But uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna jump into this, and I thought like we, Joel and I had debate about this. We were like, should we have a like a Q and A, kind of like a retrospective? Mm-hmm. And I thought, nah, let's just steam right ahead because like the holidays are coming. And they're going to be very stressful, and we're going to have a lot of stuff yep. going on. So let's save the Q&As for later. <laughs> That's a smart idea, especially this year, because Christmas falls on a Wednesday, which is New Comic Book Day, which means we're either going to be getting no or very little new comics. And I think New Year's falls on a Wednesday, too, this year, so it's it's going to be a rough one. And to compensate, I think that's why Marvel and DC are just dumping loads of new comics at us the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, as opposed to every other week when Marvel's just constantly barraging you with new books anyway. Here's but, three new X-Men. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay, I guess I'll read all of these. I mean, they're good, but I just wish they would space them out a little. <laughs> I'm only one man. I'm not a machine. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I thought we'd talk about a kind of like a topical, uh, you know, thing that's in the that's in the news right now. Uh, it's been in the news for a while, so we're going to address the issue of piracy in comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, we may reference like piracy of other things, like particularly digital media, music, wow. movies, that kind of thing. But for the most part, we're going to try and focus sp- sp- <laughs> specifically on comic books and the comic book industry's reaction to piracy. Now, right, I guess we should talk right at the top of the thing about how listen, like. This is not a new topic. Uh, no. I, I, I've, I, I saw recently that people were complaining about it, particularly because of uh, people like, uh, oh God, who was who was the independent creator who who was really like, I think it's Ted Brandt who mentioned that he, yeah. uh, who really kind of got the ball rolling again recently about piracy, particularly of indie comics. Right. Um, but uh, but that kind of got the ball rolling on on a national international scale because the BBC Very. had a topic about this um but getting us talking about piracy in comics again because uh people have been stealing comics as long as they have existed mm-hmm. and piracy of comics you know ever since you could digitize them has been a thing oh yeah like i remember there being this i remember this topic when comicsology started when comicsology launched they were like no you can't digitize comics because that'll make it easier for pirates to steal them yeah. It, and it does. <laughs> it, it absolutely did. I mean, you know, and also too, comic files, they're smaller than movies and music and even TV for that matter. So you can like pirate them way faster, way quicker. Right. So at the top of the show, I just wanted to address like while we are going to be talking about like the current conversation about digital comics and the, and the piracy of, of the comic book industry, don't think that we don't understand that 
this has been a topic for a long time. Like Absolutely. a like a ten plus year conversation just on the spectrum of digital comics. More specifically, I think that the, the conversation has been really about digital comic theft from independent creators. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about indie comics, but we're going to talk about the whole thing. Uh, before we do, though, I wanted to mention at the top of the show, this show is sponsored by viewers like you. Uh, hey. Those of you out there who are watching this show live when it airs on Wednesdays, uh, you are sponsoring the show, if you know it or not, by using the Super Chats. If you use the Super Chat, you can ask a question, make a comment, and uh, the proceeds go to fund the machine. And we just actually got a 5% increase on our rent, so that's a really big help Ooh. for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna try and uh, and argue it down, but uh, I doubt it. The the more, landlords more don't speak English, you. so we'll see what happens. But uh, more, more power to you, sir. Thank you, exactly. But uh, but yeah, so we, we do want to uh, encourage you to use them, and we do appreciate it when you do. Like Michael Patterson, who says, "Happy holidays to the both of you and your families." Thanks, Mike. Uh, you too, man. Thank you very much. So yeah, uh, okay. Digital, well, comic book piracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I remember. F- Hearing about the way in which people pirate comics relatively recently into my YouTube career. Really? Uh, I remember somebody mentioned a a, a very, very simple by-the-numbers website Mm. that basically was very on the nose. I'm not going to link it here, but it basically just says, like, here's the thing. We we think we know the one. Right, but they might as well just say, like, steal some comics right now.com. Yeah, and, it's it's very it's very on the nose. And I was like, re- and I'm like, there's no way that's still here. And I went to it, and sure enough, every comic book ever is available just for viewing right then and there. And yeah. I'm like, how is this a thing? And it reminds me of the days, and I remember these days very vividly when my friend, who's actually doing work right over there, uh, <laughs> br- he got Napster for the first time, and he was like, uh, uh, check this out. I've got this. I got this program, and by the way, clean-looking program, very oh, yeah. simple, straightforward interface, very easy to use, very small-sized uh, program called Napster, and you basically just just type in what you want, and there it is. And there's and because of course there were fewer people doing it, there were more people seeding it, and it just just lickety split downloads during a period when there was not fast internet speeds you, you know it's funny there's few times doing this show when you know the actual like uh like couple years divide in our age actually shows up i yeah. miss i missed the napster generation i wasn't there for that mine was the lime wire yeah. you were there for all the pale imitators like the morpheuses the kazaas yeah. the imeshes of the world yes yeah. no and all of them all of them had viruses. Oh yeah. Had everything to destroy your or to to, to mess up your computer. LimeWire had the most Napster esque uh, interface. Yes. But Napster came in, and I think that Napster did a really great job of normalizing piracy mm-hmm. because they gave you a very very clean, very very straightforward interface, logo, ownership, names. They're just like, listen, here's this thing. Just type in anything you want. It just comes into your computer, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, how is this? How is this legal? And I remember him saying, oh, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's the internet equivalent of it fell off the back of a truck. Don't ask questions. Right. No, literally, he was just like, oh, no, it, it isn't. And then it'll be done. Like, it, oh, it, this is a very small, this is not going to last. <laughs> but, like, get your, get, your, get, your, get your TV show theme songs now while we still can. And somewhere uh, Lars Ulrich grew great with anger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, of, of of normalization for 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 piracy, mm. uh, and I think that Napster did a good job of doing that. And of course, like since then, there's been an ongoing national conversation about theft and piracy. And I've seen a lot of like you know 
old people can't meme memes about like yeah. you you wouldn't download a car, would you? I love it. You wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't do this. The, uh, what is it? The IT crowd had the best version. Like, you wouldn't shoot this old lady, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and on on that topic, I know that like uh, it's funny because part of the justification of piracy, particularly when it came to music and movies, was we're talking in the millions upon millions of dollars, the billions of dollars. We're my my downloading of a Rihanna song is not gonna impact Rihanna, uh, etc. There, there, there's that South Park episode where it's like, ah, yes, and here we see the life of Britney Spears. She cannot afford the Gulfstream Two private jet. She will have to wait a little longer now. This is the <laughs> folly of man. Do you see? Do you see? Exactly. Uh, and and on that front, I cer- certainly when I was a when I was a little kid, I I, I did not think about it because for the most part I was like I don't want to think about it no why would um, you but the more you do think about it the less justification you can make for it because you're like I mean the only justification back then was it's not readily available like you're not yeah. making it easy to get but the more avenues that you create to obtain the thing you want I think that certainly I think iTunes helped normalize this the idea of like if you make it cheap enough and make it accessible enough people will naturally pay for it. Which they have and they do. And I know that was like the big tagline for a while where it's like, you know, oh, Metallica didn't kill Napster. iTunes killed Napster because here it is. When you give people the opportunity to pay and make it simple and easy and, you know, uh, accessible, most people will do it. Well, and and, and it was easy to, to, to steal from Metallica because it was like, First of all, your 25-year-old CD is still $30. What are you yeah. doing? Uh, but, like, also, you had to be a dick about it. But, like, mm-hmm. overall, I think that the, the people are more inclined to forgive, accept, understand, even commit piracy when it comes to the big mega conglomerates and these these mega corporations because at the end of the day is it really hurting it how many people are really stealing slash downloading slash pirating are we really chipping away at the infrastructure if so maybe that means the infrastructure should probably change like maybe that's an indication that there's there is this silent majority of people who want your product that can't get access to it I'm I'm reminded of Game of Thrones here in Canada, where it's like, okay, I would like to watch the Game of Thrones, please, but I don't have HBO here in Canada. Oh, well, you got to get the app. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, but to get the app, you have to actually sign up for it on cable, too. I'm like, well, what the hell's the point of that, then? I just want to be able to watch it. I, mean, I, I want to give you money. Why aren't you taking my money, HBO? Yeah. No, that, HBO's- that's unforgivable. The region thing, the idea of, like, DC... Uh- DC Universe not being accessible across the country, uh, across country borders, like the fact that uh, video games are so expensive in Australia versus here, like there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of justification, arguable justification for piracy or at the very least being like you have to try to make it easier to get. And uh, when it comes to comic books, however, that's where we get into the gray territory. And the reason why I'm making an exception for the comic yes. book industry, besides the fact that I work alongside it and that I, that I respect Naturally. and care about it, uh, certainly more so. the symbiote circle, the comic industry in us, what affects one will surely affect the other. <laughs> wow, don't uh, quote Band of Phantom Menace. Um, <laughs> at least you quoted Obi-Wan. But, uh, but it... The reason why I, I'm less inclined to defend piracy of comic books is because, number one, you're talking about a much smaller scale. Uh, when you're talking yeah. about music, you're talking about millions upon millions of dollars. When you talk about comic books, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
slash millions of dollars. Um, now, what's interesting is we're going to get into this a little bit more specifically about the realism of piracy of comics and about, like, the numbers. Because a lot of people are talking about, like, the, you know, the naysayers, the people who are, like, really upset or feel like they're being hurt by the piracy of comics. Mm-hmm. They may be kind of, like, boosting the numbers a little bit to try and make their point more valid. And those who are piracy, who, who are committing piracy of comics, maybe are trying to justify it a little too hard because maybe they just don't want to pay for it. Uh, so there's arguing, yeah. there, there's, there's, there's an argument for both sides we made. And we'll get into those in a minute, but I just wanted to, at the top of the hour, just kind of just go like, yo, uh, the reason why we're talking about comic book piracy and the reason why we might be more condemning of piracy of comics is because you're attacking a smaller industry that has less money, that has to do more work, and is do and it has a, and when it's doing that upward fa- that upward battle, it has a much sharper incline. And is rife with its own problems already. Like we have seen the comic book industry crash. We have seen the dark. The movie and music industry never really crashed in the same way comics did. No, not no, not that hard. No, the movie industry and the and the and the movie and the music industry have been hurt. Uh, by the changing of the winds, by intri- in, like increased interest, but like here's the thing: when it comes to digestible, uh, disposable, arguable media, uh, there you go. Comic books have always had to fight against the latest thing. When mm-hmm. when you were in the 30s to 60s, your options for entertainment as a child and as an adult who might read comics were things like playing with your friends or your or your family board games comic books uh but sports th- there were a lot fewer options for you Definitely. to choose from and then i remember in the 80s and in the 70s and 80s there was and i don't remember the 70s but i remember like in like the the, the discussion about the 70s and 80s there was a there was an argument and a conversation about the video game industry arcades yes. and home video game entertainment really hurting the comic book market and Mm -hmm. arguably it did because now all of a sudden you're using your money on this or that and that is more expensive than this so you need to save up more exactly so you're you're battling with more things and then of course when video games became more normalized and 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 easier to get again easier access pirating video games can you justify it when there's a steam sale where you can get like oh like 50 games for a handful of dollars like i think not um i mean you could argue that but like why would you i mean at this point really come on are you really gonna steal an indie indie game for five dollars when you could just pay the five dollars it's true. You got Gog. You got Green Man. You got all these things now. All these options now for games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's interesting how the video game industry, which started out in in its infancy and then blossomed into something that became a, a, a media titan, mm-hmm. went. Oh, people are kind of stealing our games. I remember when people were. I remember stealing video games. Like not even stealing video games, but I remember getting like shareware games. Ah, uh, and yeah. you know, you got the whole game. You just needed the access code to unlock it and. You know, at the end of the day, they fixed that problem and they made them more accessible and easier to get. And they, but they resolved their issue of piracy, or at the very least, they addressed it by saying, like, okay, we just need to make it so that, like, you have to, you can get them directly from the from the from the provider. The, you know, the barrier to entry is so much lower. Maybe you, maybe we're going to fix your hardware issues. Maybe your hardware barrier is an issue. Or yeah. it's like your computer can't run it. Well, now we're going to make it – we're going to change the the literal system so that your shittier rig can run our game. And it's funny, you know, I noticed the game industry, you know, they seem like a lot less 
what is it, militant about stopping piracy? Like, obviously, a few, like, every company's different. Like, Ubisoft. Like, well, you need our personal launcher. Oh. You need this, that, and the other. Uh, because we're worried about piracy, and people are stealing our guys. I'm like, well, everything you try and do to make you, you know, to try and uh, curb piracy makes me not want to play your game. Exactly. You make it such a pain. I feel like I'm going into like a really exclusive club. And it's like, but you already padded me down. I'm like, yeah, but now we need to do a cavity search on you because we don't <laughs> trust you. Well, and also like, why am I going to get like your, your app, your login, your special thing, just so I can get one game that that's like me signing up for one streaming service just so I can watch Star Trek. Why would I do that? <laughs> Exactly. One or two games a year. Exactly. And like every company does it too. Like even Rockstar right now, it's like, hey, we put Red Dead 2 on the PC. Awesome. You got to use the Rockstar launcher. And I'm like, but I have lots of launchers though. Yeah, but you got to use ours yeah, though. I don't need your launcher just to just just to buy your freaking game. Please. Look, we'll give you we'll give you some gold bars for online. How about that? Fine. I guess that's an but like, here's the thing incentivizing not punishing not penalizing it's just saying like yo if you need your comics if you need your video games if you need your movies we'll just do what's good like when you buy a blu-ray or you get like a a download link there you got your movie now you own it you can get it on your digital so you can just pull it up on your hard drive like it's no big deal Mm -hmm. um and i remember when comics were kind of doing that too and they gave you the the download code they kind of uh, went back and forth on that i know they stopped and started both companies yeah no that's the thing is that there, there are lots of templates out there because a lot of the bigger guys have done the work for you mm-hmm. and shown you how to combat piracy, or at the very least, how they've dealt with it. And maybe you should take a page out of those books because not only have they done the legwork, spent the money, and done the trial and error, but they're also eating your lunch. So that. maybe, maybe not. Do, ignoring those those avenues um jumping in the super chats really quick because i want to address those before we before we move forward um yes. the happy masquerader says off topic how do you <laughs> feel about ms marvel being the new star of marvel team up i like it as she's the first the, she's a 21st century take on spider-man in a way definitely um, sounds good i don't you know i i like that book and i liked how they launched it with her and spider-man that was a good idea um, and she's a good gateway character, so makes sense. And she's and she's a fan too, so that makes a lot of sense. So you, as the reader, get to kind of inhabit her shoes and be like, "Oh, I get to team up with so and so." Yeah, uh, Mr. Roboto says, "Why would one pirate digital comics? They need the money." Um, I don't know if that is you're answering your own question or if you're asking two questions. Like, why why would one pirate digital comics? They need the money, or the people who are pirating need the money. Like, but it's it can be said either way. Like, the fact is. People justify stealing comics because they need the money. But you could argue that you shouldn't be stealing comics because the comic book industry needs the money. They do. Again, uh, what is it? Uh, Chip Zdarsky had a really great allegory there. He wrote as a whole comedy story there. It's like, you know, when you pirate my books, it's like you come into my house and take my Wolverine, my beautiful Canadian son. But he's not really gone. He's here. But also now I can't pay my bills this month. Shit. Right. Uh, and that's well, and, and I guess we should break down why creators are so bent out of shape about it versus like why I'm not seeing people like, I don't know, editors in chief or chief creative officers talking about it. Because like, if you want to get rich or if you want to be an entertainer and make money, 
I would advise you not get into the comic book industry because no. uh, and and when you rail against a creator, you get really pissed at them and you tweet at them. Like maybe think about how few dollars they're making for doing something that they really do enjoy. Uh, and, you know, they're not really doing it for any benefit outside of their own personal gratification of creation. No, um, no, no one rarely ever gets rich in the comic industry. If you do, it's because you are an editor-in-chief or a president or, you know, have something going on the entertainment side. Like, I, I'm sure you would agree, Sal, many conventions we go to where we see the artist alleys, where we see the writers and everything – they're dressed just like us because they are just like us. <laughs> well, it also makes sense because you can sweat during that show. But <laughs> but at the same time, bad. yeah, no, it, like uh, creators don't make a lot and it costs a lot to make comics. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but, and there are a lot of middlemen. Oh, yeah. So like in order to make a comic book, you write the book, maybe you don't draw the book. If you're self-publishing or you're creating the book and then hoping to get Image to make it for you, you know, you're putting up most of the cost, you're getting the artist, you're paying the artist rates, artist, inker, colorist, letterer, writer, you know, publisher, printer, you know, you, I just mentioned seven different groups that need to get paid. Oh, yeah. And all so they can spend, so they can sell what? And we're t if we're talking about an indie comic book, we're talking about 25,000 copies a month of a book that's charging $5, $6 a month. Yeah, you're not going to be walking dead out of the gate. That just doesn't happen. No, and and in order to offset those costs, you know, you have people who, look, if you want to write for comics, draw for comics, you're taking what you can get. And if you're taking what you can get, then you are open to negotiation and predatory practices where it's like, you're a great artist. Your art is worth a certain number, particularly in this kind of environment. But you want to draw, you know, a Batman book, you're going to take the hit because mm -hmm. you want to draw the Batman book. So maybe if your if your page rate is 90 to $150 a page, you might take the 70 to 100 to $85 per page rate just mm -hmm. so you can get A, steady work, or B, high-profile work. Yeah. And when you're not getting that high-profile work, you're going to conventions. You're paying for hotels, tables, materials, square, your phone plan, your home. You're paying all these bills just so you can support this thing you're doing. Drawing people's uh, creepy fetish art on right. the side because, you know, because we all got to make our money, man. I, I understand. Yeah, I saw a commission by, uh, I think it was uh, Babs Tar. Oh, wow. Who did a, uh, a a nude Mary Jane from Renew Your Vows cover for somebody. Huh. That That ain't cheap. Um, no. But also, like, that ain't something she wants to draw, probably, but mm. she'll do it because it probably made her a very nice chunk of change. I gotta um, pay actually, the phone bill for the month. <laughs> and actually, if you go to Babs Tar's uh, Instagram, like, it's, it's loaded with stuff like that, so maybe she did enjoy drawing that. But, like, yeah. the fact is, you know, you don't need me to lecture you about, like, how much the world costs to live in it because, oh, yeah. arguably, some folk are making that justification by saying, like, no, I love comic books or I love Batman or Spider-Man or Ms. Marvel and I want to read those comic books, but the fact is I only make, like, $11 an hour. Or mm -hmm. I only make $25,000 a year, and I need to read these comics, but every month they get more expensive. So what they am really I going to do? do? Just stop reading them? What do you, what's your answer for that?
I mean, maybe you can't get them when they come out, but, you know, I know, uh, what is it, uh, Jim Zub, who was quoted in the BBC article, said, you know, libraries, people forget that that's a thing you can actually do now. And in fact, hey, libraries actually do end up paying uh, after the fact the creators because, you know, they got to actually pay to get the book in there. And I know in Canada, at least, I don't know if it's the same everywhere else, if you do have a book in a library that you yourself own, you do get some sort of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, residual mm. kickback yeah you do get like an like actual proceed. yeah you actually do get a pretty interesting residual and kickback huh. which i'm like i'm like i didn't know that i'm like why 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 isn't that more well known that should be a thing because right. like if people knew that it's like yeah go to a library read the book and know you're not hurting the industry or the creator because they have been taken care of right right um, jumping back into the super chats really quick. Uh, Lathry says, enjoy your content a ton. I have a little extra in my check. So it goes to oh. you. I'll catch this episode later. Thank you, Lathry. I'm sorry that, uh, if you're not around right now, uh, you'll see this when you're watching it later. Thank you so much, man. That's very, very kind mm. of you. Uh, UE84472, I'm 34. I've still never used iTunes. Ten years ago, I did stop pirating music and started streaming legally. Would never pirate a comic book. See, that's a great example. Cause like, here's the thing. Uh, iTunes, it's a shitty, invasive, gigantic program. I hate iTunes. I hated Same. using it when I was when I was younger. Uh, if I wasn't a podcaster, I would not have used it. I they, they had to take me kicking and screaming to use absolutely. iTunes. Absolutely. Uh, but streaming music legally, hell, uh, most of these artists. I mean, like the top viewed YouTube videos of all time are music videos. Yes, they are. The reason is not because they're incredible entertainment or because they're like really, really well-made music videos. <laughs> they're there because people are like, oh, I can listen to music while I'm like on my computer. I'll just pull it up on YouTube and watch mm -hmm. it or and listen to it that way. The fact is streaming music was the way to go. And yep. I'm, I'm shocked that they were that there's variety in streaming music options. Mm -hmm. um, but I won't be surprised when it all becomes one freaking place. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, streaming music's a great option. And, in fact, I think Marvel got the hint when they created Marvel Unlimited. Yes. Streaming comics. You pay one rate, you get access to a whole bunch of, li like, library of books. Now, that being said, you're not buying the books. You're renting the books mm -hmm. for the most part. You're just paying a, a fee but, so you can read them. But that's an option, and, it, and it's a viable one. It is, and you know, and that's like a whole other sub-discussion in and of itself, and that is what media do we actually own anymore in this crazy digital that's age? That's true. That's true, because for the most part, I remember when Comixology launched, you were not buying comics from Comixology. No. You were paying cover price, same-day cover price, to rent their books if and when Comixology went under or decided to get bought or closed. Yeah. Um, you didn't get those books anymore. You didn't have like a download option. I think they've changed that since then. You can actually download well, the good. book, um, but it's still in their format. You got to use their viewer. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing, of course, is you're paying same day cover price for a digital book. Why? Like it makes no sense. Uh, it makes perfect sense to me because uh, it, it's the same reason why. And this, you may not remember this folk out there because they've since done away with it. But uh, a few years back. Comixology faced some significant pushback from the retail brick-and-mortar industry. That's and, right. And as such, as a way of mitigating the anti-Comixology digital front, Comixology offered this option where if you were a brick-and-mortar store, you could 
open up your own storefront through Comixology so right. your customers could buy the comics specifically. Th- yeah, through you as a fifth or twelfth middleman so that like you can literally just it, it's like a it's like an affiliate link where yeah. it's like you bought your Comixology books through the website of your retailer and the retailer got a percentage of the sale. They've since thrown that out the window. That's that's done. But it was a yeah. way to try and 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 just mitigate or deal with the 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 the, the, the just outcry of anti-digital, you know, fervor from the brick and, from the brick and mortar stores. Because that was the rallying cry. Where it's like, oh, if comic uh, comicsology and Marvel Unlimited are allowed to uh, propagate, uh, that'll be the end of the brick and mortar oh, and the mom and pop shop, etc. etc. I, et cetera, et cetera. I, I love how the argument was literally. If you sell your books digitally, we will all go out of business. As if to say, mm. the conceit of comics is entirely uh, flexible, and nobody really wants to own a comic book or have a physical copy. If you allow people to get digital comics, we'll, they'll never come in our store again. As it's a say, hell of a thing. Right, as if to say that, like, it's preferable to the experience of going to a comic book store, which I disagree with. Overall, though, I do buy mostly digital at this point. Um, Same. It's easier for work. Again, we're in an interesting position, you and I, because we work online and we need them now. We need them Wednesday so we can get started right away. Well, and not only that, for me, it's about storage. Yeah, I have a studio now, but I didn't back then. And I was like, I need the room. I just don't have the room. Um, and you know, who knows how the rent's going to go, but, (laughs) but, uh, I may need to go full digital again, uh, and get rid of this backlog, but we'll see. Uh, but the reality is space and storage was an issue and digital allows to solve that problem. But the reason why books, same day price on comiXology match the same as a brick and mortar store is to say, well, look, I mean, if you prefer digital, if you prefer physical, you gotta go to the store and it won't hurt you to go to the store because it'll be the same price. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I would assume that cover price for a for a physical copy of a comic book factors in the cost of shipping and you know storage and handling. So it's like I'm paying. I assumed when I was a kid or when I was younger, certainly I, I assumed that I'm paying three ninety nine, two ninety nine, four ninety nine for a comic book. I'm paying for the exper- for the writer, artist, publisher, all the art, all the printing, plus shipping handling storage and 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 you know shelf space you'd think but i'm not apparently uh, not <laughs> well and the markup by the way you know there's this i hate to blow anybody's mind about this but like the store that you're buying anything from gets it from the manufacturer at a significantly reduced rate um the comic book store does not at a very reduced rate um yeah and that's that's been proven from the from the independent market. Uh, if you print, let's say, a no ad thirty two page comic book, full color, uh, I know that back when I was doing it, you could print them. I think they were two ninety nine. Really, was how much it cost to print a fifty issue run of huh. of of that kind of book? Two ninety nine for a thirty two page book. <laughs> so what's my markup? How am I supposed to make money off of this? You, you you don't is the answer <laughs> and that's kind of the problem and it's kind of the issue that we're talking about here which is that basically the comic book industry operates everything at a loss because yep. it just costs too much to make all these things um jumping back into the super chats dead on time uh says 
Comic Pop has been entertaining any entertaining me for three years, so I think it's way past time I support my favorite creators. Thank you, Comic Pop and Joel. Aww. Thank Aww. you, man. Thank you, thank Dead you. on Time. I like that name. And thank you very much for your generosity, man. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being entertained by us. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad somebody is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not just us here waxing. Yeah, uh, Mr. Roboto has a question for you, Joel. Do comic pirates exist in Canada? Is it an issue? Uh, yeah, I mean, it exists everywhere where media is. And as I mentioned before, I talked about the HBO thing. I talked about the app thing. I know plenty of people who are like, I would love to pay for this digital media, music, whatever. But the American companies have chosen to not right. allow me to pay my Canadian money. They have told me my snow dollars are no good here. And I think because of that, uh, piracy of certain things is more prominent in Canada because we know, well, that's never coming out here. Or if it is, it's not coming out for years. Right, exactly. Which is frustrating. Uh, Very. Because this is a, this is this. The problem is people who want your content and want to pay for it. When yes. you force people into piracy, that's on you. It, it's the issue where it's like you have no excuse. These things are plentiful, and yeah. I get that. You know, so uh, actually really quick, just let's just talk a little bit more with the Super Chats because I think there's a few more good points to make. Okay. Um, Debashish Mahaptra says, comics are in, have an international appeal, but they're hard to get in a lot of countries. It's true. That is very true. Um, a lot of my fans have told me that where they're like, hey, thank you, Joel, for covering these books. Where I am in the world, I wouldn't be able to get these. And I'm like, wow, I never actually stopped to consider that. Yeah. Comicsology helps, but even that's not convenient everywhere. Now, that I'd like to understand a little bit better, because I would assume that there's some kind of bullshit, stupid, hamstringing laws in place that make it so that you can't just go to comicsology.com and buy comics everywhere in the known universe i'm i'm sure there's that i'm sure there's content restrictions depending on places where you live maybe the government is a little bit more puritanical and i'm sure too download and upload speeds are an issue too if you live somewhere rural if you live in a place like that where it's like look i can get on youtube fine and watch what joel and sal gotta say but if i actually had to download a comic small though they might be that might actually be a problem yeah i could see that being an issue um, it would be, f- it's, and that's why it's all part of the problem. Like, I know that yes. like, it's easy to say, um, you're, you're downloading comics, you're part of the problem, or you're selling comics too high, you know, pricing too high, you're part of the problem, you're not making comics available, you're part of the problem. But the reality is, it is like all significant issues, a multifaceted issue that it's is dependent. Tapestry. It's a tapestry that's, that's all dependent on each other and other factors. Like, y- if you can't get comics because your government is blocking access to them, you know, that's an, that's a significant censorship issue. If you're if you don't get comics because you live in a remote area and comics don't ship to your area, or there's just it's not economically viable to have a brick and mortar store within a yeah. hundred miles of you, and it's it's, it's they're, they're, the nearest comic book store for me is probably ten miles away, and that's kind of inconvenient sometimes. Two and, towns over for me. Again, I live in the Canadian North, and that's me talking. I, right, like, I do this professionally. Yeah, I have multiple comic book stores. I go to the one that's 30 minutes away because it's the best one in the area. And that's inconvenient, especially inconvenient to leave during rush hour. And, like, you know, and I have the job where I do this. If I didn't, if, I, if we're cutting back a few years, when I was a teacher, it's like, okay, well, I work 7 to 4. 
And then I got to go to the store like at four o'clock in rush hour traffic to go to the comic book store. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. And it, it's inconvenient. And so, but that's a life factor and that's yeah. another issue. And it's, and it's something that while it's your control because you choose what you work at, the fact is some people don't have that luxury and, yeah. and, and, and it's lazy to say that like, it's just, you just got to swallow it and deal with it. Um, but we have to come up with some solutions because piracy is and has been an issue. Yeah. And it's it, it, even if the issue isn't rampant and it isn't affecting millions and it is only talking about when we're talking about like 90,000 copies. And I know that, uh, what was it? I'm trying to get his name. Uh, Ted Brandt tweeted over at uh, 10 underscore bandits about how his indie comic crowded got 95,000 reads on one issue that's right which apparently those numbers for piracy are like pretty normal for stuff like that and i can only imagine as an indie creator man imagine if that was 90,000 sales that's what i'm saying right but well and and when you see that and listen i've published my own comic my comic has been pirated Mm. and that's hilarious because i couldn't give that freaking book away (laughs) uh but uh but i combated it by knowing who to write, reach out to. I literally just contacted the websites that were hosting the book and said, please remove the book. That's my book. It's, you know, I, or I'll have to take legal action. And they did, you know, and, and for the most part it worked. Uh, the reality is you can get the book for like two bucks on comiXology, but uh, <laughs> uh, there are options of, available to you, but let's talk about that 90,000. Crowded probably sold what, like ten, eight, between eight to twenty-four thousand units. I haven't looked up the numbers, but like, which is pretty respectable for an indie book, not from the big two, but still. Exactly. Um, but if you're talking ninety thousand reads over ten issues, that's that that sounds a little too good to be true, and it would definitely make you frustrated to the point of saying like, indie comics are destroying my livelihood. But the fact is. It's probably not 95,000. Mm. Uh, the fact is, if you actually look at like how piracy works and the views associated with piracy, it's probably more like half of that. And when mm. you go for half of that, that's like, I don't know, 45,000 views. And that's more close to the people who bought your book. And really, when you think about 45,000 views, are we talking about 45,000 individual unique views? Or what about all the views per page? So if you pers- if you if you actually divide it based on the number of pages that are viewed of your pirated comic, we're probably talking more like two to three thousand views. This also begs the question too that always comes up in piracy, where it's like of that ninety or forty to ninety thousand, however we want to cut that one. Would those people have bought an issue too? Were right. those people just checking it out? Was this ever going to become sales? Or do the people who pirate now only pirate? And was that never going to turn into any money for you anyway? Right. And the fact is, you can't say, I lost 95,000 views worth of sales. It's just it's just not the reality. It's, it's impossible to prove is what it is. If you look at... You know, there was a model, and it was a thing for a lot longer than I'm... It's funny, I thought it was going to last forever, and then when you think about it, there's no way it was sustainable, but the webcomic model. Ah, yes. The webcomic was produce your content 
at at a loss, at cost, and then put it out on the internet for free, and the people will come and look at your comic and buy a t-shirt or click the ads on your website, and that's how you're going to make your money. And yeah. I remember the comic book industry, comic book creators railing against webcomic creators. Mm-hmm. How dare oh, yeah. you take this thing and put it out there? How dare you argue that, like, putting your content out for free actually is an incentivization to buy because you're making it available to them? You're, you're building a... the whole industry. Well, yeah. Well, and on the premise that you're putting out a product for free by on the basis of my my content is worth money and I'll build an audience without any barrier to entry so that they will become fans and then choose elect upon their own volition to pay me based right. on either later on of course it would become crowdfunding or uh. through like ad clicking t-shirt buying literally for the for a good long time and a, a incalculable long time when you compare it to how long it should have existed people made their revenue by producing a comic strip every day for years by selling t-shirts of their comic strip some people created whole empires off the back of it yes they created entire conventions and Uh. work with wizards of the coast in order to do that um but the fact is that's an unsustainable model and because the 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 Again, another barrier to entry for making your content as quickly and easily as possible has also been reduced because of the ease of technology, cost of technology, and and resources has lowered. You know, now all of a sudden, a pool of people who it's like, yeah, I think about five or ten people could probably make a a tidy living off webcomics. Now they're competing with hundreds of people. Absolutely. An ocean of people. Same with YouTube. <laughs> Same with YouTube, right? Like, it just so happens that there's no other real way of YouTubers, like, cr- there's there's no, like, real ad block on YouTube. Or not ad block, but, like, uh, there's no system for YouTubers to say, to, or there's no paywall yeah. outside of ads and or, you YouTube know, rad YouTube or whatever. Rad. And really, like, whatever. <laughs> We're not... <laughs> Yeah, and also YouTubers at our level. Well, we were never going to get there anyway, so it's not for us to worry about. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, it's interesting how the the comic book piracy issue. You know, it takes a lot of forms, and you know, the, it's an onion. You keep pulling off the layers. Right. So it's like, are there really that many people pirating? And are though can you directly translate the amount of downloads or views into dollars lost? The fact is you can't. No, you really can't. And and I'm not saying you shouldn't necessarily because I think that it's definitely a it's a it's a thing to talk about. I know Jim Zub talked about it at length. I when I when we were at New York Comic Con, he and I talked about it for a good like 45 minutes. Where it's yeah, like he's a, he has a lot to say on the subject. He he's does. Well, he he definitely. I know that he took shots at Comic Storian uh, a few months ago. Yeah. Where he was like, my book sold call it 80,000 copies mm-hmm. and the video on it got 200,000 views. This was around the time uh, his champions was getting canceled. I right. Believe. My book's getting, getting canceled and the video on my book is doing better than the sales for a book. If it was put out in 1994, which I had nothing but sympathy for the man. Cause if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. I'd be confounded as well. But the fact is you can't say that those are dollars in th- those are dollars out of your pocket because 
the fact is people who are looking on YouTube for comics or for, for a story are not necessarily going to the store and going, I would buy that, but actually I'm going to go do this instead. It's, the, it's you're a talking about a audience, different audience. Exactly. We're talking about varied audiences. And uh, the, the reality is, you know, like what's another comic book industry that does bank the manga industry. Yeah. And the manga industry has been around for decades and mm-hmm. they've dealt with piracy forever. And the fact they're is they're still, s- kicking. they're still kicking. They're still thriving. And so to say that piracy is the number one killer of comic books is, I think, doing a doing an injustice to your industry because you're not really a- attacking the right arguments. You're not, you're not making the right points because piracy is an issue. And it's something to be Definitely. concerned about and to combat. But how, sure. where are those issues and how do we combat them best are really the, 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 the ways in which you can solve your problem. Mm. So uh, we're, let's talk about solutions right after this. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Roboto says, Todd McFarlane is the Guinness Book for is in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the sole creator of Spawn. Thoughts? Actually, he's the uh, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for being the owner creator of a book that is the longest running sequentially independent comic book of all time. Right. Um, I, I congratulated him pers- in person, uh, and I congratulate him now. Uh, that's great. You know, it's cool. It's nice. Hopefully it, it translates. I think it did because I noticed that like Spawn 301, 302, they were in the top and that's really yeah. cool. Um, so I hope it translates into more people, more eyes, more more comics being sold. That, that, that Blumhouse movie might actually get made one of these days. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Rusky says, is it part of the problem, the price of digital comics? Four to $10 a month is a steep subscription, and that's one book out of the 30 coming out. Uh, it's it's one element of the problem, which is, uh, let's, let's talk about that actually really quick. The right. issue here is there are too many comics coming out. They are all too expensive. They're all the same price, and people are still not making more money. <laughs> it's it's the way it's because there's too many middlemen, too many hands uh, in the cookie jar. Right. Um, the, here's my way of dealing with it. Here's my solution for you, and it's it's not a fair solution. It's not the it's not a catch all. It's not going to apply to everybody. Right. But it's it's a decent solution. I've made this and I make this argument every time anybody talks about like a book they hate or a creator that's on their favorite book that they don't like. Right. Don't buy it. Because, like, here's the bottom line. The only thing that these companies listen to is your money. It's true. It's the the only only voice you can save stuff you like. It's the only voice you have when it comes to anything. Are you unhappy with how Bethesda works? Stop buying their video games. Have have you an issue with how Steam's operating? Don't use their servers. If you have an issue with comic books, don't buy them. And when you don't buy them, you need to figure out because if you're if you're sending a message that's if you if you are moving on if you're like nah I'm out of comics I don't really want to read them anymore more power to you don't read them just stop buying them but if you want to send a message then you got to do the legwork it's the same with if you want to change the local magistrate or <laughs> mayor in your town and you want to solve that problem, you have to do the research. You can't, you can't just vote red or blue or black or white or whatever the hell colors are over in Canada. You need to, you need to do Chartreuse. your research. 
chartreuse you need to you need to you need to do the research and how do you do that research well i don't know about you but i have a little black rectangle in my pocket that has the collected knowledge and wealth and experience of the entire human race right there at my fingertips use it and just type in the keywords there's a really really simple system that gives you an algorithm that gives you everything you're looking for by just typing it in and what you need to do is you need to do the research possible to figure out how to solve uh your issues and when you want to solve the issues of like how am I going to send a message that says, screw you, I don't want this anymore? Mm. Well, if you're opting not to buy a comic book, you need to know how the comic book industry works in order to send your message. Because not going to your local comic book store and not buying the book isn't enough. Because that's not how the, the, the industry structured. Because if you talk to anyone in the comic book industry at any level, they're all saying that they're poor, broke, or, or dying. Yeah. So what you need to do is do research. How is it that what actually impacts the comic book sales and what actually impacts comic book sales is pre-orders, which is mm, stupid. Uh, but pre-orders thank, thank are you, how diamond you, distributor. Yeah, thank you, monopolies. But like, what you need to do is go. Okay, pre-orders the issue. So you tell your retailer, don't pre-order this book for me. Maybe you talk to other people about it. Maybe more of you. Maybe a few of you at, the, at your local comic book store are having a problem. Pre, don't pre-order this book for me. Take me off the pre-order list. Take me off the off the off the uh, the, the pull list. The the pre-orders are key. If you if there are, if they reduce the amount of pre-orders for the books, that actually sends a message to the company that says, oh, they're not they don't want this anymore. If if comic book stores reduce their re their their order numbers, that sends the message. Right. If you can't afford comics, don't buy them. Here's my solution. And it's the same with, again, the issue with, like, if you don't like your the run, but you need to be, but you need to complete it, right? You're like, oh, I hate the run of Spider-Man right now, but I have to have every issue. I'm a serial completionist. Wait. <laughs> like, literally, wait a minute. And I know that's, like, ridiculous for some people to, to fathom, but you have to just wait a minute. Wait a month or two. Because I promise you, those books will reduce in value by upwards of 50%. You want to talk about how it's like a comic book that's $4.99 is too expensive. Well, what if what if everyone at DC or Marvel dropped their books to $2.99 or $1.99? Would you buy them then? Because they are a month after they come out. Because yeah. all the books are being published and then put out there, and then your stores order them, and then they never they never outsell, they never oversell. So what do they do? They put them into their long boxes and they put them online or they bring them to the convention and they yeah. sell them at reduced rates. So what you do is you go to your convention or if you're in a remote area and you can't get to a convention, you go online and you find a retailer. Most comic book, book depository. Yeah, book depository. You go, most comic book retailers have an eBay store or they an do. Amazon shop and they'll sell their books through that. But you can buy your books at a reduced rate that way. And that's a solution, I think, that makes everybody happy. You know who doesn't reduce their comic costs? Comixology. Until yeah. there's a massive sale. But you can't wait or, or bank on that. So maybe that's a nice way of increasing your, your, your physical collection, is by buying them later. Well, that seems very reasonable. Because here's the other thing, is that if the comic book industry at large says, oh my god, 25% of buyers have all stopped buying on the day. You know what I mean? Like, has just stopped buying it. 
but local comic book retailers like, oh my God, I'm losing books for my back issues. Like I'm selling them hand over fist at a reduced mm. rate. The comic book industry, do something. the comic book industry is going to go, you're going to help your comic book store, but the comic book industry is going to go, maybe we should make fewer books, which probably is good for everybody. Mm, mm. Um, but that's one solution, and I don't, you know, it's not tested because not everybody is going to live like that. No, but it's it, true. It, I'm just tossing it out there. Um, I mean, we definitely live in an instant gratification age, which I think is another problem. It's like, well, if I can't get it now and I can't pay money for it, then I will steal it. Right, and and that's the mentality that I think you need to break yourself out of because, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's worth stealing. It's it's battling human nature. Everyone wants something for free. That's true. That's true. And listen, you look at like the webcomic model. There are some webcomic people who are still making their living making mm -hmm. webcomics. And the entitlement is strong on those creators. Not from them, but from their fandoms who are like, you give me this thing for free every day for six years, but you missed an update. Screw you. I hate you. Yeah. What are you doing? I pay your salary. Not really, though. Yeah, uh, really. <laughs> Debish, How quickly the weather can change. It's true. Debashish Mahapcha says, uh, we need to control our FOMO. It's just entertainment. Mm. We shouldn't be committing a crime or getting broke over it. It doesn't even inspire quality. You're right. That's good, absolutely right. Good choice of words there. Fear of missing out. Yeah, yes. that's a good one. Thank you very much for, for, <laughs> for explaining that. Uh, it's true. It is entertainment. There's a million options. The other thing is the comic book industry is competing with not just the video game industry, as we mentioned earlier, but streaming, YouTube, podcasts, ev everything, everything, literally everything. Each other. Yeah. Uh, Cubenix says uh, libraries allow for digital downloads, too. That was going to be my thing as well. The library. I know we all forget about libraries, and I feel like that's like picking the scab on a bigger issue where it's like, yeah, well, you know, libraries in some parts of the world are horribly underfunded right. and understaffed and everything else. It's not going to be the savior of, uh, of comics. But, yeah, I mean, you know, talk to your local library about getting the comics you want in trade because then everyone you like gets a kickback and, you know, the arts are improved. Yeah. No, it's, well, yeah, and that's another thing we should probably talk about, which is, like, funding the arts and why it's important. Um, yes. 94 Evangelion says the same thing. Why do people ignore libraries? That's where I get most of my comics. I tend to read trades. I have a good, nice rest of the 2019 and the rest of 2010s. Thank you very much, Evangelion. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank uh, But, you. yeah, you're right. I mean, like, people ignore libraries. Uh, here's the thing. For me, my local libraries, I got two in my area. One is total shit, and their entire mm. library is funded by or their comic book collection is supported by me. <laughs> like, before we had the studio, I gave away, I don't know, 600 pounds worth of books. Hot damn. I wish I had them back. I have room now. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's where they are. The other comic book, the other library, again, their graphic novel section, about this long. Unfortunate. It's bullshit. Cansaf uh, Productions, I'm not proud of it, but where I live, it takes a month at best for issues to arrive. I read them online when they're released, and then when they arrive, I buy them. I, yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I hear what you're saying, and I think that's a noble practice. It's like, I want to know what's happening now, and then I remember what books I read for free, and then I go out and buy them later. That's a hard, that's a hard system to, to keep going. And some books are going to slip through the cracks. So Definitely. how do you, how do you how do you reconcile that? You know, you don't is is the answer. You simply just go, oh shit, what did I want to buy? What did I remember? What did I? Ah, you know what? I just read them all. You know what? I, I remember it. It doesn't really matter. Like, and so I'm not saying that. Uh, 
I'm not saying that, like, you're a bad guy, and I'm not saying that, like, it's not an understandable practice. I'm just saying that, like... No, we, we wouldn't want to dress anyone down. No, I, I'm saying that you're doing the best you can with a bad situation, and it's the failing of everyone that that has to be the way it is. Yeah. And I think there's a better way. And I, 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 I think that it needs... We need the collective force of pirates and comic book industry professionals and fans and everybody to kind of come up with slash force a better solution. It's true. You know, as I joked before we started, I was trying to sum it up in a funny way. You know, piracy's a lot like jerking off there. We've all done it once or twice, but you know, <laughs> if you do it too much, it might be a problem. And you probably shouldn't be defending it online to people, though, is all I'm saying. Maybe you can just keep it to yourself sometimes. Right. But if it takes a month to get your books, that's outrageous. Yeah. Like, that's, that's straight yeah, up outrageous. Uh, very. Amarta Acharya says, Comixology Unlimited is not available in India, and Comixology only works in the US, with U.S. dollars, and exchange rate is huge. See, I did know about that. A lot of my fans have actually told me about that. And yeah, I agree. That fucking sucks. Yeah, that's horseshit. <laughs> that's, that, that's like, figure it out, get your shit together, DC Warner Brothers. There's a huge audience here who wants to give you money, but you're not letting them. Now, my question is, because Comixology is an Amazon company now, oh. uh, can you buy them through Amazon instead? Because huh. I know you could before. You could buy Kindle books that way. Uh, so my uh, my assumption or my, my suggestion for you is to pursue it that way. Or contact Comixology and go, uh, India has a population that's three times the United States. Make this shit available. You know, we're only the next great superpower. So, you know, get yeah. on our level, bro. Uh, uh, Gaslord Zero says, hey, guys, love your show. First time catching it live. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I try to avoid piracy whenever possible, but if not for piracy, reading comics for free in bookstores and libraries, I may not have gotten into the hobby to begin with. I've heard this argument a lot of times. The fact that, like, I've, I would not have read comics if it weren't for piracy. I would never have another, known they existed. And that's another issue, too, that I bring up all the times. Comics aren't places where non-fans can find them anymore. They used to be a staple of the drugstore and the grocery store, but now you have to go to special stores to find them, if you can find them at all. Well, and the fact is, when comics were aplenty and were dirt cheap, everybody knew about them because Absolutely. they couldn't avoid them, and it was not a hassle or, a, or an inconvenience or a burden to buy them. So... Yep. Is so perhaps, and this is just more of a devil's advocate question: Is piracy the newsstand edition of comics? Is it like this is how the Joe Q whoever finds a comic book is through piracy? I think not. I think that you know, it's not like for every song you download, they throw in an issue of Spawn. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it. It really is just like you have to be. I looking mean, they for should them. though. Oh, right? Why not? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna pirate this, how about pirate this too? No, check this out while you're at it. Right? Hey, you know, if you you're downloading Spider-Man: Far From Home, here's every amazing Spider-Man issue ever written. You'll like it. Uh, I, I really, I, I think that I hear what you're saying, and I understand that that is an argument to be made, and I don't have a good solution for that. I, I think that that is close to the webcomics model of give it away for free and hope that they can make it available. Like, hopefully that will make fans of us all. And I think the solution is that the Marvel's the Marvel Unlimited model, where it's like, pay a fee, get all these books. You need to, they need to come up with a way of, dis, of, of disseminating books that have made their money in their minds, in, this, in yeah. these companies' minds, and go, we've made all we can off of this book. 
we're going to sell trades and stuff like that in bookstores and whatnot. But the reality is we've made all we can in the direct market from these books. Let's make them available for free. Like, let's take some true, you know, those true believers books that come out or those or those facsimile editions like those are books that are printed on like that are that are, you know, seminal, you know, classic books that, you know, are supposed to be making fans of people out of them. How about instead of like making newsstand editions of those, you sell them at a reduced rate. Hell, make them free comic book day books or just make them free. Wouldn't like, that be nice? At a loss, you know? Like, if you, I mean, because here's the thing free comic book day books are not free to make. So, no, they're not. Maybe instead, like, of a free comic book day, it's a free comic book, you know, every, every, every six months there's a free comic book day, or. And you can even print them on cheaper paper if you want. Right. But the, the fact is, you need to remove the barrier to entry. And that's, that's really, Absolutely. because that's, that's what encourages piracy to begin with. And that's uh, a unique comic problem right there. Like if I want to watch a movie or listen to music, there's no shortage of places I can do that. If I want to read comics, there is a handful of very specific hoops I need to jump through. Right. If I want to read a comic, I can buy it on Comixology and I can read it on my phone or I can read it on my desktop or I can go to the store or I can get a trade after the fact. Those are my op. Those are all the options. Yep, those are it. And there are literally two sources for those things. It's Comicsology, Amazon, or Diamond Distribution. Yep. What? I know. Logan Crazy, Shirley right? says my local comic book store is the only one for 250 miles, either east or west, and everything so expensive. I choose to switch to digital. I mean, like, I'm not going to argue with digital. Digital is there's a reason digital exists, and there's a reason why it was never going to stop. It's the way of the future. Right, so I'm I'm happy to hear that you opted to do that. That you were like, you know what, I, I can't get to these stores, I guess I'll go digital. Plus it'll save you in the long run because you have space now. Um, ben Bastian, you're planning to have more writers or artists on the cast anytime soon. I hope you guys are having a cool day. The day is cool. Thank you very much, Ben. It's about 32 degrees here. Um, uh. And yes, we will have more writers and artists on this show. Uh, we're working things out with people as we speak. Um, I'm having a uh, an animator come on in the next couple of weeks. Ooh. Very exciting. Anyone I know? Any show I've seen? Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no. no. He he produces Sonic for Hire or Hedgehog for Hire. Oh, okay. Uh, and every and every cartoon you've seen on Dorkly or uh, Adam ruins everything. Oh, I love that show. Okay, mm-hmm. then. Yeah, uh, all the he cartoons does... for that. Oh, he they do good work. Yeah. Amartya Acharya says, uh, where can I buy your comic book from, Sal? Well, you can get it on Comixology. Uh, There's a book called Garth Kirby and the Cookbook of the Gods, uh, available for, I think, $2.99. It's drawn by Victor Bogdanovic, who is going to be drawing Ben Percy's Wolverine. Yeah, Um, he's a a big deal. It's a fun little book, but you can check that out. If you want to read a longer comic... That has some gorgeous colors in it. Uh, not to say uh, Garth Kirby doesn't have good colors. Grace Freeman did a great job with the colors on that book. Um, but you can check out flightofthebinterong.com. That's my web comic that, uh, again, is only out there for free. And that's it. <laughs> and I'll never make a dollar off of it. And I spent quite a few of them on it. Uh, but I literally was like, well, I tried the, I tried the publishing line. Maybe I'll go the webcomic route. But the webcomic industry had already fallen apart by that point. Um, so yeah, but flightofthebinterong.com. Check it out. Uh, and hey, if you're a TV producer, let them know because that um, it's 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 good to go. Uh, it's a it's a shame that didn't uh, take off and you didn't uh, partner with Wizards of the Coast because it could have been Flight to the Binter Con. Oh, that would have been great. I would have loved that. It, <laughs> let me let, let me grab my time machine and go back and tell you that. Seriously, uh, yeah, but no, uh, that was never gonna work. 
Um, Gorgonfish Shonen Jump lets you read the three latest chapters for free or pay $2 a month for access to 10,000 chapters of Backlog to Combat Piracy. The question is, does it work? And because it sounds like a great premise, right? Here's the yeah. first three chapters for free. Uh, it's it, You know what that sounds like? Shareware. Yeah, it sounds like share. I was gonna say it sounds a little like a uh, little like drug dealing. Like, hey, your first taste always free. You hook now after them three chapters. You want to see where this story is going? Let me explain to you. Uh, Doom. When Doom was first available, uh, oh, you yeah. there were three chapters of Doom, and they gave you the first chapter for free. It's and the you level play everyone the full, knows. And then and then you literally it's like multiple levels, but the first like base for free, and then you get through that, and then the next two are the price of the game. And I don't know if it worked or not. I know I I only bought Doom two. I didn't pay for Doom for, for for Doom one, um, so I probably pirated the shit out of it. But <laughs> uh, but like it sounds like shareware. I hope it's working. Will yeah. and Golden helping us out. Thank you very much, Will. And Eddie Eckenberg. A lack of Comicsology Unlimited makes it really expensive to read back issues. If I wanted to read old school comics, it would set me back hundreds of dollars. Haven't they made their money from those? See, that's the thing. They've made their, like, those books have been printed, sold, and done. Yep. For the most part, those books are out. Uh, but some of those books are part of collections that are being made into movies, and so as such, they're making them into hardcover books, and they're putting them out as reprints. Um, and it costs money to digitize those books and make them available oh, yeah. digitally. So, like, there is work to be done after the fact, even though money has been made from them. But you should consider the sunk co the the sunk cost fallacy and go yo you know what like i've spent all the money i can on this book the book's out it's already available what am i doing here not making it available for free the question is where are you going to get it like where are you going to get this backlog of books digitally from marvel or dc and the answer is from marvel.com and dccomics.com the fact is, Marvel and DC always has have always ignored the webcomic model, and they really shouldn't have. Why the hell was... You know uh, JL8? Yes. Why wasn't JL8 made into a digital-only comic strip available on DCComics.com? You go to the website, there's the comic strip. It's every day, four, five, three to five days a week. It's available there. You drive traffic to the website. And also, because who the hell goes to DCComics.com? Who's going not, to the website? For what reason, me. right? Like, it drives traffic to the website, and it allows people to then see what else you have on the website. Marvel, nice. could do, Marvel could do the same damn thing. And you know that preview window that they have over at Newsarama or CBR? Yes. Integrate that onto your website, Marvel.com. Hey, first, issue, first six issues, first 16 issues of Amazing Spider-Man, The Avengers, whatever. Available to read right there on Marvel.com. You use the preview window to what to re to read them. Like it's it, it's it's why not try it? No one else is doing that. What do you have to lose? Even you, you're not even losing money because the damn thing's available for free anyway. Yeah. Um, as if C had helping us out. Thank you very much, hey. uh, Nathan Berg. I'm in university to become an English teacher. I am guilty. I wish there was a piracy for quality lesson plans. <laughs> you gotta write that shit yourself, man. I did too. Uh, the fact is, here, here's your here's your piracy for lesson plans. Uh, you go to your department and you share your lesson plans with each other. Ah, smart. That's what we did. <laughs> um, but the fact is, lesson plans are so easy to write at this point anyway. The fun of it is making those lesson plans, man. <laughs> But uh, but enjoy. Good luck. Uh, Did, yeah, do we I get to watch a movie at some point in this lesson plan? That's how I would do it. <laughs> uh, that's the laziest thing you can do. 
I uh, know, I would be so terrible for that. Okay, class, so we're going to watch a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tevia says, what about good books getting canceled like Super Sons? Uh, the fact is, books getting canceled is just about sales or politics. Um, also, yeah, I was going to say, Super Sons was more of a victim of uh, inter-office uh, politics, it sounds like, than anything else. Yeah, although I don't know how the book was selling at the end. So, right. you know, at the end of the day, they need to make way for what's going to make the money. You know, here's the other true thing, and this is a very unique problem for comics, and I'm sure you've done it. I know I've done it. When you hear the rumblings like, oh, this book is going to be canceled, well, obviously I'm not going to keep buying it then. Right, and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It kills the rest of the book. Yeah, as soon as that rumor comes out, that's why many writers are very quick to go, I don't know who said we're getting canceled. Look, they just moved uh, the date there. It's fine. Everything is fine. Please, for the love of God, don't stop buying But at the it. same time, by the way, like, Twitter's only one small fraction of your comic book reading audience you know comic book publishers are making are, are, are make sweeping judgment calls based on twitter and it's like uh when we put out a video i post it on twitter facebook discord yep. instagram and i still don't get everybody and y'all who are watching should be clicking that bell to get the notification that the videos go live. So even you aren't getting the notifications. Twitter's one fraction. The the creator going out there and then hoping that all of his fans, his or her fans, are are, are following you on Twitter. It's yeah. it's arrogant presumption. It's not gonna sell. Like that's not enough. So you know, you really need to be plugged in if you're gonna be that much of a fan to 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 know that a book's getting canceled and then stop reading it and then you know and then listen to a creator on Twitter and find out that it's not getting canceled anyway. Uh, Amarta Acharya says trades are expensive or are, are available, but they're expensive as fuck. I'm going to put a link in the description right now or in the chat right now. It's called www.instocktrades.com. That's a good place. Also a uh, book depository used to be .uk, but now they're .com. That's uh, that's what I use. And I have a deal worked out with them. So if you buy through them, not only are you supporting the creator, but you're supporting your favorite Canadian YouTuber too. That's true. I wish I had a link with in-stock trades, but by the way, let's say like, oh, you know what? Annihilation, one of the best Marvel events to come out of like the, the Civil War era. Uh, you can get the omnibus hardcover for $62 because it's half off right now at instocktrades.com. Some, some of the solutions are just knowing where to buy your books absolutely um, all of my ultimate spider-man trades are from amazon and i got them for like two to five dollars per trade even ebay you can get really lucky sometimes if people are selling a whole lots where it's like you know someone got married or got evicted and they're like look i can't keep these long boxes i gotta get rid of them yeah um as if said i'll admit i've been tempted to pirate comics because of uh fomo but i always stop myself because i want to support the book so it keeps it going i think just Simply making it available and making people aware of the impact or at the very least of how helpful those like those sales are for your favorite creator or your favorite book, maybe just education is the solution. That's a really good one, too, and hopefully that's what we've accomplished with this show. You know what also it really makes me think, and I'm sure you've realized this, too, whenever we do creator interviews – like talking to a creator or a team on a book yep. we really love, oftentimes the viewership's not as good as just if we were talking about the comic itself. And so we have this weird dissonance that I think is only in the comic book industry where it's like, oh, I love Spider-Man, I love Superman. I don't really care about who's writing them, though, at the moment, but I like uh, I like the things I like and don't often think about the people behind them. That drives me crazy, and it's like it, it kills me because these are the people who can tell you the things you want to know about your favorite stuff 
why would you watch two chimps talk about comics and that have nothing to do with them besides reading them like you when you could watch at least 50% of those chimps talking to the man or woman who's responsible for your favorite stories and ask questions that you have always wanted to ask. The, but, but also keep please keep watching us two chimps right now. Please. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, listen, like there's there's an audience for us, but there should be an audience for them, too. And like creator interviews are some of our favorite things to do. And totally. it's because we're fulfilling our own fantasies about being able to talk to these people and ask them the questions like you want to as well. If you want to have that kind of experience, you should watch the the, the, the creator interviews because we're going to ask questions you want to know the answers to. I guess some of us are just wired differently. Um, yeah, Nilfinity Gaming, 50-plus miles to the closest store. Thank God for apps like DC Universe. That's right. DC Universe has finally caught up with Marvel Limited and put those freaking books on their app. Uh, sure, I have to wait for them to update what I want to read, but $7 a month is not a bad price. Come on, Marvel Universe. Yeah, Marvel Limited should be a little cheaper. Um, DC Universe, $7 a month. You get a ton of books, and you don't have to pick and choose. You can just read all of them. Um, they're organized in a nice little system where you can really easily get them. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, that's it. Like Spotify up your comic books is the way to Please. do it. Uh, and Mr. Roboto, of course, in the super chat mentioning one more thing. I want to get there. Uh, could you get Kirkman to come on to comic pop? Uh, that's up to Kirkman, man. Uh, I would love to have him on. Um, but, uh, it's a question of his availability. It's, it's really a question of who we, who can, we can reach. Uh, I found out that David Harbour lives about like 10 miles away. I would love to really? get him on the, yeah, I would love for him to come on the show. Holy uh, shit. But it's just a question of reaching out to him and getting him on the show. Uh, Yo, but, how about that Red Guardian costume? It looks dope. I Doesn't can't believe it? how great he looks. What? Why can you get Red Guardian so right, but Taskmaster looks like a friggin' idiot? Yeah, I heard some interesting theories about that on Twitter that that might actually have something to do with the Chinese market and, like, skull imagery is, like, a, a no-no over there for some reason. Maybe what? that's why. It, it could be total bullshit, but that's what I heard. I, I think it just is that they thought he looked goofy. Right. But the fact is, I want Taskmaster. I want the guy who looks like an evil Ghost of Christmas Future version of Captain America. Just, just like even if they just put a white hood on him, I would have been like, okay, fine, cool. Like I actually know who it is by looking at him. But like he looks, he looks like a discount bin Power Ranger. He looks like the Winter Soldier in white or with with <laughs> orange in it. Uh, he does have a shield from the promo art, so yeah. it's smaller than Caps, but it's still a shield. I want cape. I want skull. Same. I want Taskmaster. Rebel no. friend says I read all of Ultimate Spider Man. Uh, through piracy, I was naive and broke a, like and broke like a lot of other people. But from that point on, I paid for my books. I'm glad that you at least like stopped. Yeah. Um, and the fact is, you know, you you there is something to be said for the web comic format of give it mm. away for free and you build an audience. The problem is you need to training wheels up that format where it's like here are some of the things for free and you need to get them into a way of normalizing paying for your content. And I think that the real solution, I think ultimately at the end of the day, as we come to the end of the show, I think that the solution is going to be streaming service models. Yeah. I think that at the end of the day, it's not that you're going to be buying your books individually. It's that you're going to buy a subscription from DC or Marvel or from your local comic book store or from a, 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 from a conglomerate of comic book stores. But at the end of the day, the future of comics will be that you will pay a flat monthly rate and you'll get all your comics from that one system. 
it'd be nice when and here's another uniquely comic problem if i want marvel if i want dc there chances are you're probably gonna have to get two different apps is the thing because we can't all play nice with each other well, except through the fact that Comixology, I, and I'm amazed that it still is, it still exists, that you can get Marvel and DC books through Comixology. Seems crazy, doesn't it? Seems like they should Coke and Pepsi it up and be like, no, we can only afford one. Thank God that they're not, and don't give them any ideas. Yeah, because they'll totally do that shit tomorrow. Yeah, and they'll do it bad. Like, they'll do it yes. shitty. But, uh, yeah, but streaming, I think, is the solution for the piracy issue because that's been the solution for all the issues. Like, for, for music, Spotify is the solution. Uh, yeah. For video games, Steam is the solution. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it's... And they're not perfect solutions. No. Each company has their own little foibles and problems, but by and large, they're offering a better way. Well, and at the end of the day, like, you know, you're going to go on, like, a subreddit or something like that, and someone's like, yo, I just put up the latest issue of Batman! It's like... You can't afford the $8 a month to get every book out there? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So Sh Shame's a powerful motivator, too. <laughs> right, right. I mean, but I think that that will be the solution because it's unsustainable to sell 30, bucks a, 30 books a month at 4 to $6 a month. It's just unsustainable. Like, a little nuts. People can't afford it, and it's how whole industries are built. <laughs> yeah. Like, to sell... You know, to, to be like, you can't afford these books? Here they are. Like, I'll give them to you and collect money from them. Mm -hmm. that, that's Whole industries are built on that. And, and I think that, like, they, they need to get their shit together and they need to get it together fast. Boy, um, howdy. Scoro says, when I first started reading comics four years ago, libraries were my best friend and they still are. I tried supporting books I enjoyed, but on a student allowance, you can only get so much. It's right. Mm -hmm. The fact is, and I'm not like, I would never say the comic book industry deserves your support. And whether you, you know, make $150,000 a month or a year, or you're making, you know, $6 an hour, you should buy the books you love. And that's the end of it. That's, uh, that is, that is an old way of looking at it. That's an antiquated way of looking at it. And it's a naive way of looking at it. The fact is you need to be, rather than saying, uh, don't pirate my book or don't pirate books. The fact is you should be asking, why are they pirating my books? Why mm. is there, why is there a disproportionate audience, an un, an unrealistic audience? Cause that's the thing. 90,000 people stole your independent comic book. Be real. No, they didn't like, because if they did, the 90,000 people are aware your independent comic book exists. And that means that somebody in a, in a, in a studio capacity should have given you a movie deal by now. You would hope so. That's the thing where it's like, it's like, can you use the piracy data to be like, yeah, but look how many people are interested in what I've done. Right. But that means that the piracy data is flawed. Mm. And, or it means that you're ignoring and discounting a overwhelming audience that is disproportionately larger than the one that you've cultivated over 80 years. And if that's the case, then maybe it's time to start relooking at the system and reorganizing it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know if streaming is stre the streaming system. I don't, it's not really streaming, but it's like a, a, a monthly subscription fee to one group is the solution, but I think it should be discussed, and I think it should be met with it. It should be met with like with 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 optimism, and at the very least, you know, healthy skepticism, but at least an open mindedness because you need you you can't do it. For, this can't work forever. Like totally, I'm I'm telling you that a solution right now is 
don't buy your comics when they come out. Wait until they come out for for cheaper on like, you know, uh, at a discount. But that's not sustainable. It doesn't help the comic book industry really. No, it doesn't. So and like a lot of books will be canceled in that time. That's too. right. And and if more people adopted that that strategy that strategy, more books will be canceled. But it is a solution for you to save money while also spending money on comics. But I think that like they you got like the the folks who are in charge of the comic book industry need to put their heads together and go, what's working, what isn't? Who's making yeah. money? Who's making the most money off of comic books? Is for it real? us? I don't think so. Which is weird. And if it isn't, then how? Who is and how? And what are they doing that we're not? Can we do some of that? So I feel like there are solutions out there. If you pirate, know that you are not helping. No. Like, at yeah. the very, you know, I'm not here to tell you you're doing wrong, you're killing the industry, but I am saying that, like, piracy is not the solution for you. You know, you're like, I don't have enough money to pay for comics. I want them, and I love them, but I can't afford them. Know that piracy is not solving it. Mm. And maybe you should help by coming up with solutions and offering them the, to those who will listen. And the fact is, you know, like one guy, me tweeting at Dan DiDio or Kevin Feige, since he was, he's now chief creative officer of Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or uh, Ike Perlmutter being like, yo, fix this is not enough. But if, you know, it's like Alice's restaurant, but if, but if a hundred people, a hundred people tweeted at these <laughs> people and said, you need to come up with a new solution for distributing comic books. You need to come up with another solution for get for me getting comics. Maybe they'll listen, or That's at the, the ver- but it may take something more radical like thirty books from Marvel a month. We're really only able to afford twelve. Like mm. we can only afford to produce twelve. Oh my God, what are we doing wrong? Uh, the Grouchy Geek says, "Been here for like a minute and already agree with what you guys are saying." <laughs> uh, also, Joel, thanks for answering my question about Titans Burning oh, Rage. Always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was asking if that got collected in a trade yet, and I'm not sure. I've been so turned off by the Adam Glass Titans that I've just stopped reading Titans altogether, but <laughs> apparently that's good. Nice. But, uh, yeah. But honestly, my solution for you, ladies and gentlemen out there, right now, is do the research. Know how the comic book industry works. Know how comic books are sold. And if you love <laughs> comics, if you say you love comics and you want to buy them, and you can't afford them, or you can't afford them at the rate they're being sold when they come out month to month, then come up with a new strategy. And those strategies yeah. are getting them after the fact, buying them at a discounted rate, going to libraries. instocktrades.com, libraries, your local librarian will love you. And yes. you, may, you might meet some new people there. Like, it's, a, it's, it's just a Pokemon Go effect. Maybe you'll go outside <laughs> and meet some people. Like... Or, hey, how about this? You go to your local library to fix that problem, and you're like, oh my god, their comic book section is, or their graphic novel section is just as crappy as Sal's. <laughs> Maybe what I'll do is be part of something, like, to talk to your librarian. Hey, this, this selection sucks. We need to have, we, I need, you need, would you like someone to help cultivate your section? I, I was going to say, talk to your uh, local member of parliament. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think they have members of parliament There's over no there. There's parliament here. But talk to your, like, talk to your, uh, God, I don't know who to talk to, honestly. Local representative. Well, what are they going to do about, like, about funding your libraries? I guess so. Look that up, too. I don't, we, we're not talking about libraries today. We'll talk about libraries another day. Yeah, but, that uh, feels like that's a meaty subject in and of itself. It's true. But, like, you could, you could be part of the backbone of cultivating a, the, the, the graphic novels infrastructure of your, you know, you'd be like, hey, I'll, I'll help you cultivate your section, you know, pick out books. I did that for a school one time. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, when I was working at uh, one of my last schools, I was like, 
your graphic novel section sucks. We need to fix this. <laughs> and they were like, we keep getting kids that are asking for comic books like or for graphic novels. What do you recommend? And it was a middle school. And I'm like, here you go. And they ordered all of them, filled it up. That's awesome. And before I left, I checked, and they were they were taken out by at least twenty different kids. And I was like, "That's great, yeah!" Like that's a way to like to solve it. Hey, if you're if you're a college student, you're a broke college student, get your school to buy all the comics you want to read and yeah. put them into the graphic novel section. That's really good. I like that. Everybody wins on that one. That's right. But like, go to your local library. Go. And don't be like, I want free comic. You know, be like, come up with a rational, cogent, like, like, listen, your comic book section, your graphic novel section needs to be bigger. And I would I like to offer. I find it lacking. Yeah, I find it lack. I would, I don't insult them. Just be like, I, <laughs> I think it would be really beneficial for everybody if you had someone cultivate your graphic novel section. Yeah. So there you go. But uh, anyway, I want to thank you so much for watching this 200th episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Yeah. Smarty says, money, I have nothing funny or, or smart to say. <laughs> hey, listen, I'll, I appreciate it, man. That's very kind <laughs> and very honest. Uh, but yeah, 200 episodes, Joel. Thank you very much for being here <laughs> for so many of them. Uh, it's, oh. it's a great show. You know, more than happy to. And, and here's to 200 more episodes, Joel and Sally. 200 more episodes. That's how it goes. You're in the comic book podcasting market. I, I've been, I've seen many uh, a competitor or friendly rival who has like 600 episodes. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm. I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> but uh, listen, we want to thank you so much for being here and for supporting us for so long. Uh, special thank you to our super chatters who sponsored today's episode and we'll see you guys next time with an all new episode i think next week ethan will be here um i, I don't quote me on that one but we'll figure that out um and then we're gonna have more guests and more stuff going on this show is not stopping anytime soon uh and we are so lucky to have you uh helping to support us uh thank you all and uh buy your comics at the end of mm -hmm. the day buy them i don't know how yeah. you're gonna buy them but buy them do you do the best you can uh but we'll see you guys then i'm sal I'm Joel. So long, everybody. Bye-bye.